Good morning. So my mom decided to update the post after I'd already published the podcast. So this is a re-recorded version. Um, it is currently 9.38 a.m. on Tuesday, March 24th. Not so brief COVID-19 update, March 24th, 6.30 a.m. The sacrifices being made to flatten the epidemic curve are dragging long coattails. The first eye-opener for me was last week just after restaurants were closed to in-house dining. With only 20 of us working in person at Maine Health headquarters, the rest working remotely, one or two of us head out on Congress Street to pick up lunch every day. It's a way we can try to support local businesses. One day, two coworkers returned with lunch from a business that opens at 7 a.m. They said when they arrived at the place, the two people working there told them they were their first customers that day. It was 1 p.m. Walking down Congress Street, there is very little traffic, on the sidewalks and the street. Many businesses are closed, though some are open for pickup and delivery, and it seems like every day I see another business that has been trying to eke by close indefinitely. Even Rennie's, a backbone of many main streets, closed for the time being, and a few miles north, the iconic L.L. Bean's flagship store closed a few days ago, breaking an almost 70-year tradition of being open 24 hours per day, with extremely rare exceptions. JFK and L.L. Bean's funerals. They even had to install locks on the doors, <clears throat> since there were none. Fortunately, they are still open 24-7 online. Only 10 days after our first case of COVID-19 in Maine, most of us already know a number of people who have lost their jobs as well as families who may have to close their businesses for good. The, sac the sacrifices many are making in this grand experiment to stop the spread of this virus are astounding and also come with their own health risks especially as financial and other stress rise. As we count the cases of COVID-19, we also need to count the cases of people losing their jobs and family businesses. I'm not against the mandated social distancing strategies that are being used. Social distancing is a blunt but necessary tool in the face of a pandemic with no known cure or vaccine. But it's increasingly evident that there are consequences to these mandates we may all play a role in helping to address. Along those lines, besides government assistance that is being rolled out at the state and federal levels, Quincy Hensel, executive director of the Portland Regional Chamber of Commerce, worked together with colleagues in the Maine State Chamber of Commerce, the Retail Association of Maine, and the Maine Department of Economic and Community Development to pull together a great website called Pay It Forward Maine with creative, with creative ideas on how we can each give money or time to make sure when we get to the other side of this pandemic, the lights are still on downtown. See the post for the link. Maine's business, Maine's business community, despite its own stressors, has also stepped up in remarkable ways to help. We have experienced an outpouring of companies and individuals asking how they can assist. About 10 days ago, I got a call from L.L. Bean's executive team. I assumed they wanted advice on how they could make sure their stores were practicing good hygiene and social distancing. They were open at the time. Instead, their first question was, how can we help? We, received, we reviewed their various resources, such as staff, equipment, and facilities. Since then, they've been working with our supply chain staff on strategies they can assist with, and I realized afterwards that as they were calling to see how they could help, they must have already made the most painful decision to close their flagship store. Another company, Flowfold, located in Gorham and known for making sports wallets and similar gear, contacted us on how they may help and specifically if they could manufacture some needed PPE, personal protective equipment. I sent, the, I sent them the link to the 3M catalog on healthcare PPE, 
Within hours, they sent a photo of a face and eye shield they thought they could produce. They then worked with our supply chain and financial staff, and as of sometime this week, they will have produced 1,000 of them. That is eight days from the first email they sent. For more examples of Maine manufacturers helping Maine Health and other organizations, see Portland Press Herald article linked to below this post. Many other Maine companies have stepped up to the plate in a variety of other ways. For instance, Wex, along with other companies, worked throughout February to build technology capabilities so employees could work from home if the need arose. When the executive order came that banned gatherings, their 4,700 employees worldwide, including 1,500 in Maine, transitioned to working remotely. That's a major contribution to flattening the curve. Another local company, Tissue Plus in Bangor, is putting people to work at the Down East Bayville, Baileyville paper mill, producing toilet paper from 7.30 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. to meet the epidemic in demand. A link to a story on this is at the end of the post. I should mention that we have been touched and grateful to the many who have reached out, wanting to sew face masks, wanting to sew face masks. Although the need could arise at this point in time, we are trying to maintain the use of surgical masks so as to provide the best protect, proven protection for our care team members. But as with any pandemic, things could change. The most predictable thing about epidemics is their unpredictability. Besides the impacts on our downtowns, I am also noticing other consequences of the pandemic on everyday life. It suddenly occurred to me yesterday that I have not filled up my gas tank in two weeks, and it's still two-thirds full. That seems remarkable since I'm still commuting, commuting to work. Then, when I started thinking of all the people who are now working from home, including in our largest metropolitan areas, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and New York City, as well as countless other cities, and the many factories that have been closed in China, and the surge in walkers and bikers seen here in Maine and elsewhere, I wondered about the impact this pandemic may be having on air pollution, and maybe, just maybe, even on climate change. Perhaps there will be profound lessons and changes in our lives that will provide a silver lining and different types of coattails to the pandemic's long list of tragedies. And after limping through feeding a teenager and young adult child the last two weeks through takeout, thanks mom, delivery, and digging out freezer burned packages from the refrigerator, I finally managed to squeeze in a trip to the grocery store this weekend. I was excited to see that I qualified for the senior hour at local grocery stores, though a bit disappointed that the young man stationed at the entrance didn't card me to make sure I qualify. LOL. I was pleasantly surprised to see the product section full. But as I walked further into the store, I noticed most of the shoppers were wearing masks. Many wore gloves, and most seemed to hold their head down to maintain a focus on their quick trip out of isolation. My friendly hello to a couple of them seemed to startle. I felt sad that so many seemed so fearful. Fresh meat and chicken were mostly gone. No toilet paper, hand sanitizer, or most cleaning materials. But there was, but there was still a great deal of food. When my daughter asked me what the shopping was like, I told her shopping for food during a pandemic in the U.S. in 2020 is still a thousand times easier than buying food in the USSR in the early 1980s, when I spent time there and where shortages and long lines were an expected way of life. Although I could not find toilet paper after visiting another store, hopefully they'll have some from Tissue Plus in Bangor, and have not been able to find a bakery to make a cake for her birthday later this week. I turn 18 on Friday, by the way. Hmm, maybe we'll actually make one a different type of gift, except my mom can't bake. We are very blessed and very grateful for my job, for her school transitioning smoothly to online learning, for wonderful walking opportunities in our neighborhood, for the sacrifices so many have already given to this ca cause of flattening the curve, which means saving lives, 
and for the business community in Maine that have so generously stepped up to the plate to help. Indeed, together we are one, together we are strong, and together we will get through this. Links to um, the things that she talked about are in the bottom of the post on Facebook if you would like to view them there. Um, I've got to get to calculus, so see you guys later.